This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Bing bang, stick it in. Thank you and good night. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. Break a shot. Oh, a goal. My goal. post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Comes to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. opening 25-ish minutes against Northampton Town before Swindon stuck five goals past them and the year ended with another nervy opening 25 but this time Town could only muster up two goals pathetic but crucially three more points for Swindon for what was the most impressive and unlikely victory at Sixfields joining me I've got two firstly it's Terry hello Terry Morning, Rich. Festive greetings to you. A festive greetings and New Year to yourself. And also, we've got JR. Hello, JR. Hello, Rich. Hi, Terry. Yeah, you need two people, two people to replace the excellence of Dan after all these weeks. He's done a fine job because none of you could muster the energy to talk about Swindon over the last few weeks. He's been a trooper, hasn't he, Joe? He's been tremendous. He's been uh, very enjoyable. I'll almost miss him this week. Is this is this more of a case? I mean, I'm, I'm sure listeners, Terry, will be going, they've got two extra people on here because they thought they were going to get tonked and they were going to lay into Scott Lindsay and Swindon Town. Is this true? Yes. <laughs> no, look, ultimately, 
Look, Dan, Dan's, Dan's done a fantastic job the last couple of weeks, but, you know, we all have our patches, right? And given the fact that I live an hour from both Northampton and Colchester, this week's, this week's, I was made for this week, Rich. This is me. What a statement, and I love every bit of it. Joe, you don't live far away from North, from Northampton. What's going on? Well, you see, the, the truth is I don't work far from Northampton, but I do live fairly far from Northampton. So where I work is probably a good, only about an hour. And I did have, you know, I had very firm plans to go. Unfortunately, the uh, the chap I was going to go with, he's very poorly sick. He's got he's got one of those coldy houses that I bet a lot of listeners have. And it was going to be about two hours back, so about three hours all in all. And, well, just as the EFL worry about with their blackouts the lure of i follow it was it was too much those are the sort of excuses that get this podcast stick uh, <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's talk about the the lineup first and foremost um because i didn't hear the the noise on social media the noise that was of outrage largely to this lineup so we had Brinning goal outrageous um then at the back we had Lavinier, Blake Tracy, McDonald and Hutton then we had that midfield of Khan, Iandolo, Gladwin, Williams, Shade and then Le- and then the returning Jeffcott up front so Jeffcott arrived into the side Terry as did Khan as did Ben Gladwin but I, I'll be honest, I thought it looked all right. Did you have any uh, reservations? I was okay with this. My 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 only reservation whenever I see that whenever I see Louis Reed on the bench, I just I just don't understand it. That's the one thing that I'll, I will never until I, until I'm blue on blue in the face. I will repeat this: there is no way Louis Reed should be sat on the bench. Other than that, you can't really grumble at this time of year. There's always going to be rotation. So you know what did 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 Wakelin. Was Wakelin dropped? No, probably not. What he did, what he was, is, is rotated out, and and same goes for a lot of the other boys who 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 found themselves on the bench yesterday instead of starting. So, I think um, I don't know. People, it's funny, isn't it? In the social media age, the the, the two p.m. or two o five, if you're Swindon, um, team announcement on on social media has almost been whipped up into into an event all of itself, just so we can all spew some faux outrage. And it's all a bit pathetic, really. Like it's just ultimately, there's going to be changes. We're going to rotate. We're playing three games in six days, so let's just. I, I, I sort of tend to try and ignore most of it now. Um, it's, it's, it's much easier. Yeah, I think so, Joe. In terms of the actual decisions, whether it rotation or um, form, I think with Darcy and Wakeling, they were probably due a break because although hard workers to varying degrees, they weren't making that much of an, of an impact in recent weeks. So especially Wakeling, who everybody loves, including this podcast, but he's not been getting much joy during his most recent performances. It, it wasn't a huge surprise, was it? No, not a huge surprise. And of course, you know, as, as Terry said, you know, there's a big congestion of fixtures that you've got there and we'll come on to it later. And spoiler alert, you know, they were actually utilised off the bench fairly early on. It wasn't like a, you know, classic Sheridan five subs in one go uh, malarkey. You know, they did manage to come on sort of midway through the second half and have a chance to, you know, to make more of an impact, have that that restfulness. I think it's I think it's probably wise to have some rotation with the, Christmas fixtures laying up as they are. Okay, then. So let's talk about the first 25 minutes of this game, Terry, because 
I almost didn't want to do this episode, as in I was quite happy for JR to cover me and, and then him just discuss this game with you, because I, I I didn't want to be overly negative, really, because we've just beaten the team that a third and looking very good, who were playing very, very well in that first 25, I think. They played the ball well. And I just thought we looked so far away from Northampton in terms of ability, and it we misplaced passes. It just wasn't happening for us. And because you were there, was, was that how the fans behind the goal were seeing it? Uh, I wouldn't say that extreme. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that extreme at all. I think um, this might surprise you, Rich, but I'm, I'm actually sort of captain optimistic this morning. I think um, I don't, I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as some of the social media stuff that I've read back when I got home last night. I, at the end of the day, we were going away from home to third in the league. They're flying. They have, you know, they, they they're nine unbeaten. They started well, okay, yeah, absolutely. But when you when you boil it down to those first twenty minutes, I mean, the the the, the, the turning point in the whole game was Mitch Pinnock's absolute sitter that we then got up and score straight after. But if you take that away, like they didn't, yes, they had a lot of pressure, but. I actually thought we defended in those moments really well. And if you watch back, um, particularly Marcel Lavinier's um, post-match interview, he talks about this in terms of, we know we can be better on the ball, particularly in that first half. We weren't good enough on the ball. We didn't get up the pitch enough. But what we did do is is, is defend resolutely. And, and it, it sort of got me thinking. I was chatting to my old man yesterday at halftime. I think this team is... Or certainly my interactions and my 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 opinion of this team is almost built for games like this away from home at sides where we're not expected to win. So go to Barrow, go to Northampton, because actually when we have to defend, we're not bad at it. The two centre halves are pretty decent. They'll stick their head on on pretty much everything. Um, the the, the 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 two fullbacks are good on the ball and are good going forward, but also can defend really well. You've got a couple of holding midfielders in there that if they're in if, if they're in decent nick, then then they can be really really important. So actually, what the bit we were failing to do was the bit in transition, the bit that 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 we needed to do to get us up the pitch to keep holding the ball. There was a lot of Johnny Williams really irked me in the first ten minutes, in particular because. It was just a lot of silly little flicks and tricks and silly passes, which kept, kept just kept turning the ball over. And then we sort of got hold of it a little bit and started just go a bit more direct, get get us up the pitch 15, 20 yards, and, and we were in the game. So were we under a lot of pressure? Yes, absolutely. But if when you boil it down to clear-cut chances, Solbrin's made three saves in the first half, four saves in the first half, all of which I'd expect him to make. And they've missed one absolute sitter, which um, their the, the gaffer is convinced that Bryn saved. Bryn didn't. I was sat right behind it. So, it, yes, we were under pressure, but we we actually did what we needed to do very well. We're away at third in the league who are unbeaten in nine games. It's going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't know how it was for you watching from home as well, Rich, but it, that first 20 minutes felt a bit like, you know, when you sometimes stream matches and it freezes and then the lag catches up. I thought that was happening for, you know, for the speed of how Northampton were coming out of the traps. And it felt like a big, a big night, Terry, you'd been there in person. So you would have seen, you know, how raucous it was, but it felt like, you know, they were very much up for it. I don't think that from 
looking through the past and looking at some of their socials that the home form has been particularly great and they've had lots to cheer about at home despite you know being third and they were they were absolutely relentless for that first 15 20 minutes all over the fullbacks uh blake tracy had people swarming around him every time that he tried to clear and then whenever we did have the chance to to move the ball up like like terry was said there was sort of needless uh either needless touches or or the final ball through was either just so far ahead of anybody to get that it just seemed scrappy. It really did feel like we were up against it. And uh, I would maybe contest, you know, the that sort of flying save that Brim manages to pull off from, I think it's from um, Apier or something like that. So he manages to uh, push that round the post. That was, uh, that was extraordinary. That was maybe a bit, a bit above and beyond, but when they were doing things that were that were right and it wasn't quite coming off for them, that just seemed to add for the frustration more. And after sticking that that pinnock chance wide, um, and then yeah, us managing to catch them on the break, that really did seem to did seem to rattle that that effort in the the final third from Northampton. So um, yeah, it was it was was nervy yet. You sort of had a little bit of a little bit of belief from there um, that that we could go and get something from it. Yeah, I'm not going to pour cold water on Sol Brin's performance, but I do agree with Terry in so much as the majority of the saves he made, I thought were ones that I would expect. I know that sounds a bit Roy Keeney, doesn't it? But it was it was probably man of the match worthy. But again. I think there was, he did his job. Oh, I said it. There we go. Uh, so I'm sure I, the listener contributions are going to vindicate me anyway, so it's fine. Oh, they absolutely will. <laughs> they absolutely will. Um, just as Pinnock hit his wide, I, I sent a message to everyone. And I've got to emphasize, like, I was probably the most optimistic before this game. I, I, I woke up on the morning of the game thinking, I think we're going to get a result. And we did, but I'm probably the most down on that first half performance as anyone in, in who I talked to. But um, I'd sent a message going, this is uncomfortable watching. And then seconds later, Terry, it's 1-0 Swindon. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was funny because literally, I think I, I, I put a message in the group as well straight after the goal. I think within the other thing we've got to talk about before we move on to the goal, that first 20 minutes is, is Angus McDonald. Um, he... I actually thought he played really, really well for the last 70 minutes of the game yesterday. In the second half, he was immense. But he had a bit of a, a really weird sort of couple of minutes where he just couldn't do anything right. He could not do anything right. Fraser Blake Tracy bailed him out a couple of times. He gave the ball away really, really poorly. Um, he gave he he just he just gave the ball straight to Northampton for a, for a big chance. I don't know whether it was the Pinnock one or the one before, but either way, you know, he he had a really a really weird wobble, and then our Fans started booing him, which is just absolute cretinous behavior. Um, unbelievable. So we went from booing our own captain to Northampton missing a sitter to go and one the lap all in about thirty seconds. It was it was really <laughs> really strange strange minute of football. Best um, fans in the world, Terry. Oh, very very peculiar. Anyway, so you know, and it, and it was just the first. It was the, just the first time we got that transition right, wasn't it? The, the whole game. Um, Really, really well played from from Shade. He came in off the right, picked picked the ball up from Gladwin, and, and and drove at them. What I love about this goal is is the way that 
you know, Shade puts Johnny Williams through with a half decent pass, and you know, it's a it's a half chance. But when the ball bounce, you know, comes back, it's it's Tyree Shade who's there again, and and his his work rate to back the play up and and pick up that second ball is really commendable, and and I don't think you see many right wingers do that. So fair play to him. And look, he's had a he's had some critics, and quite rightly so, over the last few weeks. He's he's quite a um, he's quite a frustrating player to watch sometimes. But the one thing you can't you can't ever um, criticize him on is he does have a foot like a traction engine, and and that was an unbelievable hit. Blake Tracy sort of slowed him down, but here's Gladwin now. Gladwin's pass is deflected. Might bounce to Shade, who's a little lucky to get it. But Shade can turn. Really good ball to Williams here. Williams tries to shoot. Goalkeeper blocks it with his feet. It's with Shade inside the penalty area, who thumps it in and sends Swindon in front from a sharp counter attack. Celebration isn't that great, though, is it, Joe? He's going to break his leg at some point. He needs to look up. Was it... Uh, was it Celestine Babayaro, wasn't it, who managed to break his leg in a pre-season doing a flip like that. So, know your history. It is a bit it is a bit awkward and a bit clumsy. It does worry me. Shade <laughs> definitely feels like, it feels like a, a real confidence player and that, you know, his performance seems to grow and shrink depend on, on how it's going. And you could see, you know, in that, in that relief, just what it had meant to him. He took that hesitation because that initial shot from, Williams is not not amazing, and uh, should score. He should score from that. Yes, uh, it's. I think just it's kind of tapped out from on the feet, isn't it? Because I think that their keeper Burge is probably just positioned awkwardly and can just get a leg to it. There's a slight hesitation as he catches the ball, and I did think like I wonder if he's taken too much. And he just absolutely thumps it right into the uh, roof of the net. It was. Superb. It was it was deserving of a flip. It was more more uh, deserving than the um that trickle goal that was earlier in the year from a uh, uh, similar willing cup play with Williams for the assist <laughs> of that one. But um yeah, I I do worry. But it it did seem to really really give him a lift, and he's somebody who's you know he's found himself in and out, and I think that when things are are not going well, that that kind of makes him retreat a bit. So. Hopefully that'll give him a, a boost going into Colchester. It's it's one of those goals where when you were playing down the park without nets when you were younger, you're told you can go and get that uh, because he's absolutely <laughs> whacked it from such close range. I ain't fetching that. Terry on Angus McDonald. Do you not think? Or do you think it's not? Do you think it's unfair to say that he is kind of a slow burner in games? I I find that he his mistakes tend to come in the early stages of, of games. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that fans are shocked with this. I think he, pro- I think that's probably a really good point, Rich. I think he's also probably a slow burner over a period of games as well. Um, the, 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 the absolute classic version of this is Ellis Iamlo, who takes 17 games to get up to speed, but when he does, he's immense. Um, I think, I think with Angus, look, he's, he's been in and out over the last couple of years for lots of, lots of different reasons, m- medical, and and sort of in and out of the team at Rotherham. He's come here, he started really poorly and then got really good. <laughs> and then he got and then he got injured. And I just I just I, I don't understand fans who just won't just just be a little bit more patient with players. Like it's some of the some of the stuff that you hear shouted is it just blows my mind. It, it's just it's just peculiar. And 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 the other thing that that we that we always always consistently forget is players do what the manager tells them to do. 
right? So if they're taking goal kicks short, they're not just deciding on the fly that they're going to take a goal kick short. They've spent weeks, months working on how we want to play and the patterns of play and, the, and, and how we want to move the ball and how we want to move the opposition around. So getting frustrated with McDonald for, for being given the ball from a goal kick and passing square to the to his centre half partner and booing him is is quite frankly ridiculous. He's just doing what he's told. Did he have a little wobble for a couple of minutes? Yes. Does that mean that he needs to be booed as the captain of our football club away from home at third in the league when we're fifth? Probably not. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not really one for getting on the backs of our own players, particularly like during in a game. Um, there just seems to be a lot of a lot of expectation brewing. I think with the the way that December has panned out, and we've had all the all the transfer palaver and all the rumor mill churning, it's probably helped fester that was already a uh, you know a uh, a petri dish of negativity anyway that we uh, should probably quash out. Let's get some uh, let's get some bleach in that and kill the mold. Sticking with you, Joe and Terry, if you want to add to this, feel free on on. Shade and his form. I mean, he's played something like 22 games this season in the league, that is. And in terms of starts and substitute appearances, he's 11 plus 11. So he's started 11 games and he's come off the bench 11 times. So he's in and out of this side. And that can't be great for consistency, can it? If you if you are being rotated. No, no. And I think I think probably a big... A big issue that we've had with, you know, with this year in terms of... Um, you know, managing to get uh, fringe players or rotation players up to speed is the the lack of game time that they have anyway. We talk about slow burners and you know confidence and things like that. What Shade could do to get you know the most out of him is to have to have a run. But then of course the way that we're set up that potentially comes at the expense of um, somebody else and not having uh, you know a B team or model or under 23s where you can have um, other reserves in as well. Uh, closed doors, friendlies, those kind of things are missing that, that consistency and match sharpness is something we really need to try and you know get to grips with and get, get a hold of and have in the close season. I think. Shade is a, um, <laughs> this sound, this sounds really, really mean. I, I don't actually don't, don't mean it as, as, as nastily as it sounds. Um, He's like all the hardware is there, right? Like he he has all the raw physical attributes to be an incredible player. Just sometimes I feel like just the software needs an update. Um, and and I, by that I think I mean he just needs a bit more time with a decent coach. I think um, you know and he he's come through at Premier League Academy. He is he is well coached and he has like I said he has all the raw attributes. He just. Sometimes his decision making lets him down, and sometimes he. A great example of this, right? Yesterday, he's breaking down the right hand side, and he's running as fast as he can. And when Tyree Shade runs as fast as he can, that's quite fast. And he hasn't got anybody ahead of him. And Romeo Hutton is trying to overlap him, but can't catch up. So just just by slowing slowing the game down and letting Hutton catch up and go on the overlap will either give you an easy pass or it will take the left back away, creating more space for you to continue your drive and run. It's just little things like that that sometimes I just think he that he he's so single-minded when he gets the ball. It's get the ball run fast at, and forward. 
which can be really fun to watch, but also can be quite frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Well, let's hope he, he finds consistent form. The rest of the, the rest of the half really sort of played out in a similar fashion to the first 25 minutes, but not as intense. I'm still a little bit miserable at this, at this stage and waiting for Northampton to, to get an opportunity to equalize and it didn't happen. But for the second half, Joe, it absolutely wasn't the case. You know, the Northampton may have been the better side or the most talented side or whatever you want to say it, but they, they cer- certainly weren't as, as dominant in the second half as, as they were in the first. And that's understandable because the game is going to get more stretched and they're going to get a bit more panicky because they're trying to preserve a record and, and Swindon were having none of it. Yeah, it did seem to actually even out in that first that first 15 minutes. I mean, um, yeah, towards the end of the first half, Northampton were you know, really trying to come back. There was a there was even an attempt at a sort of volley, wasn't there, from... Was that one from? Not from Pinnick, that was Hoskins, wasn't it? Hoskins was uh, all over the place in the second half from there. Constantly heard on the uh, on the comms. But after that, after that audacious volley attempt, the attempts were getting into the box, and that was where this is where I think Brim was probably doing the the utility work and easily gathering up. And we were we were creating a bit more and pushing forward um, from that second half. And it evened out a bit, which is probably where where the opportunity came in for getting our wonderful and audacious by by all accounts looking across socials looking at Northampton Chronicle uh, summary of the game everybody in complete agreement that uh, Lavinia's effort where he's um, whipped in from 25 yards out worth watching on the highlights alone whether you're Swindon Northampton fan whatever um, everyone just really you know, it was Utterly, utterly sensational. Nothing that you could do about it. And then suddenly, having seen that, uh, I thought it was quite lucky to be one nil up. Swindon are two to the good. Yes, they were an absolutely well. It's funny what happens, Terry. If you if you shoot, isn't it? Is 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 something many fans have said, including in the listeners' contributions. I could talk about this goal, and I could certainly listen. Uh, to analysis about this goal for the foreseeable future. So, Terry, say your bit. Um, uh, first off, can I can I start by saying that um, everybody who is obsessed with the shooting war is, is uh, just 99 times out of 100, I'm the guy in the stadium who's shouting, don't shoot, please. <laughs> please pass the ball. You're, Was that the case this time? No, no, no. This one's set up absolutely perfectly for him. Uh, shit! Did you see that? Must have a foot like a traction engine. Goal! And he, he's got the ability, hasn't he? He he, um, he came close. I think the way at Barrow, he, he sort of whipped one in, didn't he? Um, and forced the keeper to make a, a relatively good save. And um, again, if you listen to his post-match interview, he, he talks about how he's been working really hard on. You know, he's not used to playing left back. He's a right back by trade, but. Therefore, it gives him the, the the real potent ability to cut in on his right and and, and release release um, efforts on goal. Now, the, the second um, Ellis Anlo just sets this back for him, and he takes that one touch it, straight into the pocket. And there's like there's a split second where Northampton just don't get out to him whatsoever. They do not get out, and and it's just screaming to be hit. And and he it's an absolute arrow. It's one of those that. Just never stops rising, does it? It 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 feels like almost it's going along the ground, and yet it still goes in the top corner. If you know what I mean, 
It's um, it, it's just an absolute missile and, and fair play to him. It, it, it did come out a little, a little bit out of the blue. It's one of the best goals I've seen live in a long, long time, just just for the the sheer quality of the hit. And um, yeah, I mean, imagine that. Imagine scoring your first, you know, you're in your first proper football league season, big away game, 1,500 away fans away, third in the league, and, and, and that's how you score your first ever professional goal. So fair play to him. I'd imagine he loved every second of it, and I know I did. Joe, it's pure theatre watching it back over and over again, as I have. One, the goal was great. Two, Shade goes into the crowd on his own. And then when the others join uh, the celebrations, they don't join him. So he's being mobbed. There should be bookings at this stage, I'm pretty sure, but there's not. Guy, middle-aged guy in Stone Island leading his minions to the celebrations. Love a bit of that too. Small-time England celebrations with a few bottles and drinks landing on the pitch. And really summed up nicely by Akin Odomeo too, who does the most perfect turn and look a misery that you'll ever see. Absolutely textbook. I wonder if they train that, that, that forlorn as they turn. Ah, over and over again, I've watched it. Yes, delightful to see. I'm still, I was bemused as to why, why Shade went in on his own. He must have just been been so thrilled and uh, why they weren't joined in. I presume it probably was lost to all of the uh, Stone Island jacketed arms or whatever it was. <laughs> they couldn't see him. Um and oh yeah, poor poor AK. Um, I wonder if he still listens. I doubt he'll be listening this week. Um, oh yeah, you remember? Oh, yes. If he is listening, if he is listening, I hope he's well. I like Dakin Odomeo. We didn't talk about him a nutch, but he, but his his name did used to appear on the stats uh, for the pod, so he did listen from time to time. That was nice. I think I just used to give him man of the match every week because because <laughs> he was so criminally underrated. In this game, I did think he was a bit of a weak link for. for yeah, he's no, um, he's no Ali Koiki, is he? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, they did miss him. They did miss him. Um, it's it's a wonderful guy. And then the rest of the game, for me, is not. It's not that. I think we we controlled the game pretty well, Terry. Um, after two now, I know that's easier said than done, but I didn't feel that threat from Northampton. It just they were getting a little bit panicky with their decision making, and we were we were just benefiting from that and 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 dealing with it perfectly adequately yeah I think I think on another day if we if we were a little bit better on the ball or Jeff Cott was a, a, you know 95% fit rather than 75% fit um, I think we probably could have nicked a third we, we after the goal we were actually really really good for the next 10-15 minutes and we, we only started you know it was always going to come and and and, and we only started really sort of sitting deep and, and defending our penalty area with seven or eight minutes to go, which was which was good to see. What what you hate is when you're doing that the second you score your second goal, right? Because the second you do, you know, you you you're just going to concede goals if you do that for thirty five minutes. So I'm glad that we managed to stay high and keep pressing until the seventy fifth, eightieth minute, and then obviously yeah. we made some changes and and. Um, what I will say about Northampton is I, I thought the first half they looked really, really good. And their their set-piece delivery was unbelievable. Um, the boy Hoskins is one hell of a player. He, he can take a set-piece, that's for sure. When they was The last 10, when they just resorted to lumping it, and, and they bought a fella off the bench, um, the, the right-back, the big right-back, number two. Is it Tyler, Tyler McGlure or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they. I'm convinced they literally only bought him off the back because he can kick the ball the furthest. Um, because they just gave him the ball every time, but but it, it, he was doing it with such, such little quality. It was just, it was just absolutely larruped 
from inside his own inside his own half every single time. Really high, really loopy. We were winning a lot of first balls and we were winning a lot of second balls. And there were you know, yes, they did they they had chances, but again it, it what what this certainly wasn't was a uh, last five minutes away at Grimsby, for example. Lindsay made some subs um at sixty six minutes he brought on Hepburn Murphy and Wakeling for Williams and Jeffcott. And then Reed came on for the final 15 for Khan and then Darcy came on for the last five minutes. I'd say this, I asked this question in comparison because I think Terry's point about Magloire or Maglor, whoever came on, um, aside, I didn't feel like Northampton substitutions strengthened them, but I felt that the substitutions Swindon made were, were, were canny and, and did the job or did what they were supposed to do well. Yeah, I think like we we'd alluded to earlier, it gave it gave an opportunity for you know quicker and more inventive players to to make a impact from it. There's not really much that we can do at the back of the minute in terms of personnel that we can bring in because it's very light there. Um, Hepburn Murphy managed to make a lot of nuisance for himself. He managed to even get a booking in the short space of time that he was uh, he managed to be um, on for, and it was always going to be difficult because they're going to be trying to claw something back having felt that they've had the edge of the game but as they got more and more frustrated it was almost easier to shut them out or you know keep them from distance uh they did manage to get a consolation late late well into the the very last minute wasn't it and then holding out through um injury time i think if you're going to have the that kind of christmas rotation if you know if players like wakeling and Hepburn Murphy and Darcy are in your Arsenal. And and even Reed there, you know, where people were upset that, you know, he didn't make the starting lineup. If you're making that utility and giving them uh 30, 25 minutes, that's a reasonable use of time to change things up, but also still manage and hold the game out. And if you're if you're marvelling at the quality of somebody like Louis Reed, you know, that's that is the kind of person that you want to bring out to be able to patiently play out and see things through. Um, Jacob Wakelin was brilliant when he came on. In a very in a very unglamorous way, he did everything that Johnny Williams wasn't doing. And by that, he was just getting us up the pitch 60, 70. I mean, there was, there was two or three occasions where he picked the ball up off the toes of the right back um, and got us up the pitch 60, 70, 80 yards just by putting his head down and running. Um, he's deceptively quick as well, isn't he, Wakelin? Especially with the ball. So that was really useful. Uh, Hepburn Murphy was a he sort of. <laughs> I can't get my head around him. I, I don't know. I've got no idea how it's going to play out for for, for him at, at Swindon still, despite the fact that this is probably his sixth or seventh sub appearance. He um he worked really hard, looked really pacey, and yet every time he had the ball, he never quite had the sharpness or or, or the or the quality to do to do what he needed to do with it. So, um, a little bit sort of like an excited puppy. Um, <laughs> I would describe it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. I, I know that he's got the ability in there. I just think he's trying a, a bit too hard, and he just needs to be patient. You know, we've talked about patience with with our own players. I think he maybe needs to be patient with himself, um, and just, just, just do the simple things. Put himself about, move the ball, and, and I'm, I'm sure he'll, um, I'm sure he'll, he'll start having more of an impact. Yeah, here's hoping. Northampton got a goal near to the end because there were six minutes of injury time. They scored right on 90 minutes through Hoskins. It, you know, they can't, you can't say they didn't deserve at least a goal. And it made 
injury time a little bit uncomfortable. I I, I was all right to be honest. Again, I, I I can't say I was I was going oh my god here it comes because we were dealing Joe with their set pieces quite quite well throughout the game. Yeah, yeah, I think we're holding off you know reasonably well. They they sort of had this this ability to kind of you know arc and whip uh, crosses or balls through that you know look deadly. Yet as as the game progressed and we're more onto it. People like McDonald and Blake Tracy, uh, just so wise to it, it it became it became quite a formula in the end, didn't it? Yeah, I'm sure the uh, 1,400 away fans, the 1,455 Terry, weren't as comfortable as I was from my sofa. Well, luckily it was at the other end of the pitch, and I was sat in row A. My depth perception is so bad that I I even think <laughs> I think I think he's going to tap it in when he's 40 yards out, or the opposite. So um, yeah, who, who knows? I've got no idea how close they did come to scoring, Rich, to be quite honest. No idea. Not really at all, except that when the 96th minute came in and they had that one free kick, I thought the positioning of it was in our favour. The goalie went up for nothing as it as it went wide and, and all as well. And three points went to Swindon. Let's get some listeners' contributions and then come back for Man of the Match and any other Williams business. A run into the box instead Gladwin. Lovely diagonal. He had though right on the left corner. Of the penalty area. Back for a chance to shoot here. Oh, what a goal! What a beauty that is! Absolutely smacked in. It's 2-0. And goodness me, that came from 25 yards out. And it whistled in. OK, we'll start with Paul Temple. who says, great win. Credit to the lads. They got stuck in and defended the box well. Just one criticism. Every time we headed out, nobody pressing. Also losing possession in key areas. Man of the match, LSI Andalo, certainly mixing it with a very physical side. Charlie the King coming home. Come on, you Reds. Paul D says, felt like we nicked the points there. Probably makes up for some of the times we should have had points and threw them away. Of course, we will now lose to Colchester on Sunday. It's the Swindon way. Man of the match, Bryn. By a distance. Jimmy Legg says dog plop in the first half from town, but somehow went 1-0 up. Somehow being Bryn playing out of his skin to keep them off the score sheet. An absolute rocket from Lavinier. Nobody outfield played well the whole game. Bryn, man of the match, but oh, buddy. How we won that, I do not know. PJ, night and day performance from Boxing Day. A little bit of luck along the way, but properly showed some balls at the end and dug in. Shade looked like a different player. Gladwin superb in the middle. Bryn, man of the match. Pete Marsh also goes for Sol Bryn as man of the match. What a weird game. Swindon launched two cruise missiles. Northampton dominate, but don't take their chances. The message is to take the shackles off and go for goal. What else is needed depends on the outgoings. Expect to lose FBT. STFC slash 1969 says... Just a great win. Defended well, McDonald and Bryn brilliant. Jeff Cott with some serious work rate first half. Can does the hard work so well, but is awful in possession. Multiple times giving the ball away or loses it with that turn. Sign FBT and Mass Luongo, please. Rob Dinsey, quite simply puts, floodlit robbery. Lovely. Craig Clark says, much needed win and much improved from Boxing Day, although still loads to work on. 
Bryn's superb and deserves man of the match. Still too many mistakes, sloppy passes and mistimed challenges. Lovely strike from Lavinia. Paul Merriman says, crowd, they were the extra man. Having said that, each and every player gave it today 100%. Bryn is outstanding. Please don't tell anyone. Clearly man of the match. They oddly watered one end profusely just prior to kickoff. Odd. Strange. That's the atmosphere we need at SN1. Holly says, always stressful with an earliest lead, but they kept fighting to the end. Bryn was brilliant, and I think Lindsay made good changes at critical times. Martin Crook says, of course, you have to celebrate a hard-fought and unexpected win. Amazing. However, we desperately need a run of wins, and I'm not convinced that consistent level of performance is in us. See what the window brings. Sarah V says, sterner of a goal from Lavinia. Absolutely stoked for Shade and his goal. Believe. Let's all just believe. Man of the match, Bryn and his glorious arms and body. <laughs> Russell Arkley says a really important three points, but the performance again wasn't great, but we will take that against third in the table. Man of the match, Sol Bryn. JB says great result, but not a great performance overall. A rather dull game apart from two flashpoints with one particular moment of brilliance. Need a winger? And another CB, at least. Man of the match, coin toss between FBT and Lavinia. S. Parker says, on the way home and still can't quite believe it. Smash and grab for 70 minutes, then backs to the wall. Man of the match, FBT. The man is a mountain. I'd have taken a nil-nil before kickoff. If we beat Colchester and Northampton lose to Orient, it's game on. But we need a couple more bodies. Craig says, great win against a very direct team. Defended well and put bodies on the line to cling on for a fortunate win. Man of the match, McDonald. Need a physical defensive midfielder who can tackle, though. Uh, Allison says, just back and there's just something about a Northampton away fixture. Bryn man of the match today, especially for the save in the first half that was going top right. But agree with those here saying that we need to keep FBT. Been immense of late. Let's hope we can have a good January window and build from this. Hank says, first half, absolutely awful. Could have been three or four down, but Sol once again keeps us in the game and we took our chances. I hope Shade's confidence can grow as he played well. Second half, we were great for most of it and defensively played well. Batch says, great three points. A tad fortunate, maybe. We scored two from our one and a half chances. We were that clinical. <laughs> but confidence and season sometimes need a bit of luck to turn. Not getting ahead of myself yet, though. Man of the match, obviously Bryn. Doug Copestake says, well, that was stressful. I thought we defended well against an onslaught of attacks in both halves. We looked more dangerous in the second, though. Both goals were brilliant. Shade has certainly given some of the sceptics, myself included, something to think about. Bryn, man of the match. Come on, you Reds. Wardy S says, well, that was unexpected. Some great defending, a bit of luck and great goalkeeping from Seoul, who gets man of the match. It's amazing what happens when you shoot. Great three points. DM, cracking result. Nick, funny when people say we were lucky. It's the keeper's job to make saves, and we're fortunate to have a top keeper. Unless we win every game easily, some won't be happy. Fighting performance against a big physical side, and we deserve the win. Bryn, man of the match. Joe Bennett says, Bryn for the win. Absolute smash and grab. Wonderful when it goes your way. Still need a wide man and some muscle in midfield. Mike Dixon says, does Scott Lindsay deserve a contract extension now? 
Martin Weider says, unbelievable result away to a very strong team. Still lots of work to be done, but pleased with the battling qualities. All the defence were fantastic and Bryn was a superb man of the match. Get in, Redmen. Jeremy Randall says, an away win against a top three side is a great result. That was a battling performance against a physically strong team. Defended the aerial barrage well too. Two brilliant strikes for the goals. Man of the match was Bryn. FBT also excellent. Some battling performances through the team. To keep Bryn and FBT as a minimum, I thought Jeffcott did his job very well this evening too. Austin would not have been a huge asset in this type of game, though. Even at 2-0, pace from someone like Hepburn Murphy is more useful. We are in a good position. Taze85 says, Bryn, man of the match. Honourable mentions for FBT and Khan too. Amazing away following. Great atmosphere behind the coal. Up the swing. Jason says, a battling but scrappy performance that really only papers over the cracks. We need to decide how we are going to play with Austin. I fear for him in a front three with these players, he will just get isolated. So either better wide men or a new formation. Man of the match, Bryn. Michelle says, we need consistency. How many times is our bloody gorgeous goalkeeper going to save us? Good defence by the sound of it. I listened on the radio. Still not enough creativity for me, but outstanding goals. I am willing to give up my season ticket if we can play away for the rest of the season. Lucinda says, some bloody organisation is needed, but Bryn outstanding, but the rest of the team exceptionally erratic at times. More experience needed. Richard Webb says, a superb result, but definitely fortunate. Nice to win a game through being clinical and having a few moments of quality for a change. Need a big window still, excluding Charlie Austin. If we can get a solid centre-back and a central defensive midfielder in the Grant mould and another forward, then we may have a chance. Harry says, Sol Bryn is the greatest player I have ever seen. And Jamie says, man of the match, Bryn. The two centre-halves played very well. Gladwin and the full-backs played well too. We need good wingers. Shade aside, we don't have any. Georgia says, an improved performance, but why do we put ourselves in so much goddamn pressure? FBT was excellent. Shade superb. Some may say a fortunate win in the end, but we dug in to get the job done. Bryn, man of the match. FBT a close second. Some more physicality in midfield needed in Jan. And finally, Bernie Man, who says Marcel and Ty provided the smash and man of the match, Bryn, provided the grab. A brilliant three points away to a promotion candidate. But this performance didn't do anything to convince that this was any different to 21 of 23 previous games. Cracks well and truly papered over, but SL won't care. So the big point here nearer to the end of those contributions joe is this notion of good performance versus papering over the cracks it's it's a phrase that nobody really likes to use but i guess over the last month maybe two months we've seen these sort of positive moments and that they've been followed up by by negative moments and now we've just beaten the team in third and we're now going to a place where it feels like we rarely get much from in Colchester. And I think people are beginning to write, you know, the story of how this season's going to go. And, you know, I've, I've, I've pumped that narrative out on this podcast over the last few weeks. So I can't say that those listeners and those fans are wrong, but it's important 
the Colchester game now that we get three points and show that these performances aren't one in three, one in four, whatever I've been saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it still qualifies as the festive period, right? So I'm sure some people might have seen uh, over the holidays a rerun of the Father Ted Christmas special and Mrs. Dog getting her teas made and taking the misery out of tea. And she would say, well, maybe I like the misery. And I think that's true of our fan base in some ways. I think lots of people were hoping that there would be... Uh, there would be a loss here and that perhaps um, Mr. Clem would you know, wave his magic wand and banish certain people away <laughs> with a flick of a, uh, a flick of a, a cufflink. But I don't think that that was necessarily a going to happen anyway when you play third. And that, yes, this does give a bit of respite to you know, players who you know, might be in the... Uh, yeah, in the for sale window over in January, and it gives it gives respite to um, fans and expectations. I do think that Colchester is going to be a, a yeah another another test, and perhaps maybe the fear is that you know it's going to be one where we revert to type, but it'll be another another board draw or a narrow narrow loss where we can you know say that it's inconclusive. It is at least getting to that point of the season where. You know, consistency and form and where this team is going, yeah, is a serious question and yeah, it is going to bite for me, you know, maybe poo-pooing the negativity. There's nothing wrong in asking questions and asking if this side is, is good enough. And uh it's gonna be it's gonna be vital for many people. Yeah. Colchester uh twenty seconds, they've lost fourteen games this season so far, Terry. This shouldn't be a case of, well, historically, we're rubbish at Colchester. This should be a game where, well, we, we have to win it. Yeah, like, historical points, frames of reference in League 2 football are completely and utterly redundant. There is no such thing. Um, so I re- the, the, the only thing I'd say is it, Colchester is the worst place in the world. So <laughs> particularly that ground. The city centre is lovely. The Romans agreed. The, with the city centre. <laughs> uh, what did they ever do for us? The the, the 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 stadium is horrendous, and I'm going to be going there on my own, hungover, and I'm going to sit in the corner like a grumpy old man and watch us comfortably win. Um, historical historical frames of reference are are completely redundant. I think what's what it, it, what's interesting is that I I in my core think that a bet a better manager gets his team promoted right that doesn't mean that i'm a, a raving lunatic booing our captain or demanding scott lindsay is immediately sacked it just means that i think a better manager gets us promoted and 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 scott lindsay he isn't isn't a long-term good option for us that, that that's not going to change after yesterday that said, it doesn't mean that I'm immediately looking for you know how can you how can you watch that yesterday or go to that game yesterday and immediately flip into a negative of oh it's just papering over cracks like it it it's almost like people have forgot how football works like you're not gonna win every game and when you do win away from home at third in the league there's gonna be some hairy moments and you are gonna have to deal with pressure. We were never gonna go there and have ninety three percent possession, pass them off the pitch, and win six nil. Wasn't gonna happen. So I think people have just just sometimes need to remember that there are two teams on that pitch and the other team are also trying to win. And sometimes they will do that. The, 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 the thing that frustrates me with this side more than anything 
isn't at all the 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 tight away games where sometimes we we nick it and sometimes we don't, like yesterday and like Barrow. It's the complete and utter dross that we serve up at home against against mid table fodder because we 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 don't know how to break teams down and we don't move the ball quick enough. That's the big problem with this team. You know, we if you look at if you look at our current form, we would be comfortably in the top three if we'd if we'd have just picked up six or seven more points again against you know what on paper sort of really winnable home games. And again, yes, when, when in, in those winnable home games, there are sides coming to us, you know, working really hard to get a point out of us. But the big issue, the big issue is is creating exciting forward fast football at home. That that's the big issue with this side. I think we're going to we'll go to Colchester and, 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 we'll, and we'll easily get a result. I'm more confident of that than I am of us getting a result against Grimsby at home two weeks later. Scott Lindsay said at the end of the game, the emphasis was resilience and togetherness. And given the quotes and the discussions from fans over the last few days and weeks, that's that's only understandable. Let's let's finish up with with man of the match. So there were a few shout outs. Ellis Iandolo got a couple of calls um, in his in his old age, still only 25 guys. Um, he's, he's getting feistier, isn't he? Over time, he got a few few nods. So did FBT, who we'll talk about in just a moment. Um, but the the overwhelming uh, majority of listeners did vote for Sol Brin. And although Terry has just finished talking, Joe, I've got to allow Terry to get, start this one because I have a feeling Sol Brin won't be your man of the match. Goalkeepers can't win man of the match. <laughs> I'm sorry. Unless, like, so I reckon I'm in my in my however many, 25 years, 27 years of watching this club, the only genuine man of the match performance I can remember from a goalkeeper was Petr Brezovan, Hartlepool away. Right? That's a man of the match performance from a goalkeeper. Making six saves, five of which you'd be fuming if they went in, is not a man of the match performance. I'm sorry, Sol, I love you, you're brilliant, but that's not a man of the match. You can't have Marcel Lavinier be part of that back four and then score an absolute screamer and then give it to Sol Brim for making five comfortable saves. You just can't. I'm sorry. Oh, and, and Joe, would you agree with this? Oh, I'm all for giving keepers one match. Love it. But uh, yeah, Sol can have the recognition from the from the fans. We can we can look elsewhere. I think he's he's absolutely worthy of his uh, of his nomination, and he'll get the listeners vote. I'm going with Lavinier though for the goal alone, but his overall 96 minutes were were. Well, good. I, you know, I, I really enjoy watching him play, and I think he's going to be a, as long as he's fit. He's a starter for the rest of the season, absolutely. And he's showing all of that promise that we we had when he arrived. You know, what was he doing in League Two? Was my question uh, when he joined, and that's the first proper glimpse of what he can do. And it was a hell of a finish. So I'm going Lavinier. What are you going for, Joe? Uh, I think I'll have to go for, and we we touched on it earlier, just because I thought that he was he was so immense, and considering the circumstances as well, that if people haven't seen the highlights, then uh, FBT Fraser Blake Tracy is the the man in the mask. Um, so he's got a big orbital bone mask, a bit like uh, the Undertaker would have had in '95. I think sometimes when you see when you see players with a you know with an appendage, or if they're carrying you know carrying some kind of knock that can be you know a tendency to shirk quite understandably because if you get if you get further aggravation to that it's going to potentially cause further damage or you know 
hinder your recovery from that. Never got that from him at all. Definitely in those first 20, 25 minutes, they were all over him. He got absolutely no respite to play from the back. Um, and I thought that he was uh, immense. Very commendable shout for Lavinia as well. But I'm going to give it to, because it's so important that we keep him as well. I go FBT. He, he was an apt, FBT was an absolute monster. I, I completely agree with you, Joe. I think um, if we hadn't won it the last six games in a row, I'd, I would have been tempted to agree with you. We might we might need to rename the spreadsheet, Rich. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think um, Ellis Anglo obviously got got some uh, mentions in 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 passing from the listeners. I, I didn't really notice much of him second half, but first half he was absolutely outstanding. And and the one the one bit that I noticed on him more than anything is. And I don't. I guess we've always known this, right? But it was, it was interesting to watch it. He he was our primary um, defensive weapon at set pieces. He he was the free man, and he was winning pretty much every ball that came into our box. And 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 Angus and, and FBT sort of stepped up and did it a bit more in the second half. But it, it was almost like at periods it was almost like the ball was just magnetically attracted to Ellis's head, and. I think um, quite rightly he he was getting some stick five or six weeks ago because he clearly wasn't a hundred percent, and he he does seem to take a long time, you know, genuinely weeks to get up to to get up to speed. The last three games he's been outstanding in that centre mid, I think. Um, so so yeah, definitely definitely big credit for him there. But who are you giving yours to? Uh, it's got to be Lavinia. You got to. I think you you can't you can't have a, a tight game like that where you've defended well as a unit and then the difference is an absolute screamer. You have got to give it to him. So Bryn, here's hoping he sticks around. Let's hope that it's not like a Kessler Hayden situation where the manager's gone. Well, hang on, um, he might be able to play somewhere else. Fraser Blake Tracy. You can only imagine Dan Di- Dan Designs is looking around for photos because he's going to make a fortune with the face mask, isn't he? Um, <laughs> for the next couple of days with him. McDonald also got a couple of nods too. I forgot to mention him and Lavinia gets it. Let's, let's, let's stick with Fraser Blake Tracy then. My question, Joe, is how do Burton Albion not, or why wouldn't they recall FBT given his form at Swindon unless bridges have been comprehensively set alight and burnt? Um, it, it doesn't feel like it just feels like if I was a Burton fan and I was doing any sort of research, I'd be like, this guy needs to come back. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, this is something that seems to be completely lost when you follow discussions that we would all say, yeah, we'd have him in a heartbeat. Makes perfect sense. And, you know, he's out of contract in the summer. So there'd be a, there'd be a fee commanded anyway. Part of me thinks like, well, would we, would we commit to just get a six month deal? But more, more pressingly, would Burton accept it with the, you know, with the form and them being, you know, in a relegation battle? If I was a Burton fan, I would be screaming blue murder to to get him back because, you know, you'd want all hands on deck in that situation. So I don't know why it seems, you know, foreseen to be. He would be a a big loss and definitely somebody that I think I'd like to keep, but just not sure how credible or realistic it is. Terry, is, is it as simple as this? player comes back we did it with Jamie Curtin didn't we uh, many years ago we um, expected Colchester-esque form and didn't really get it is this an, is, is this something that Burton should do or they 
you know, it, it's done. He's not he's not really fancying it anymore. We've there's been rumours of him not really enjoying the travelling from his uh from his home in the Norfolk area. I don't quite know where he lives, but yes, it's all well and good saying he has to stay, but it just feels like if like I said, if I was a Burton fan, and more importantly, uh, an employee, I'd be like, You're coming home. I guess ultimately we'll never know we'll never know the nuances of the relationship, right? I think he fell out more with um uh Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank than, than anybody else at the club and obviously he's moved on now. So um if when Dido Marmaria tells you to come home, you don't tend to argue with him. <laughs> you certainly don't challenge him to an arm wrestle to decide your fate. So who who knows? I I my gut instinct is he goes, and and you know what? That's okay. It, it'll be a shame. He's been good. he's been good for us, but ultimately, when you when you loan somebody from the bottom half of the division above us, uh, you, you know you know you know this is going to happen. And actually, Rich, I was going to ask you a question in terms of you said um, you said Lavinia is a starter when fit. If uh, if um, Fraser stays and when Tom Clayton's fit, how do you fit five into four? Because currently it doesn't go, right? So maybe yeah. maybe actually we've got a, you know, when Clayton's back, we've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches and what we're actually better off doing is going go, using that using that money now. Livinier has really, really come out as a solid option at left back and going to find going to find a um a genuine backup centre half. But but who knows? Who knows? More importantly, Rich, I just looked at the Burton Albion Wikipedia to figure out who they're currently playing at left back. And I was completely distracted by this trio of footballers who now play for Burton, which I did not know. You've got Mustafa Cariol, formerly of this parish, Michael Mancien, and Adrian Mariapa. What on earth is Adrian Mariapa doing playing playing for Burton? I thought he retired in 2017. That's like a 31-year-old playing football manager, isn't it? At Burton at the moment. Very um, peculiar. Mancian. Yeah, last time I heard he was in MLS. So that's that's yeah. slipped there through go. my... There you go. Adrian you Marapa know. came home from MacArthur FC to turn out for Burton. There you go. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, in, in reply to Lavinia, Lavinia I'm, I, I, I think Hutton's at risk in some way. Uh, and Lavinier goes into into switches sides. I, I have that's my that's my inkling. Oh, is that is that cryptic? Because um, Romeo Hutton has been starting to be linked with a move away. Are we are we going there? I couldn't. I, I won't possibly say that. Has he has he been linked with a move away? I've seen I've, I've seen very very initial rumblings that um, he might be on a shopping list or two, along with a certain. There we go as well. So yeah, let's that, let's go with that. Let's go with Hutton might not be around, and Lavinier is a is a box fresh replacement. I like that. There we go. Okay, well that, that that'll do. Um, it's going to be an over an hour episode, so that's lovely. Um, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. And uh, if anyone has got a spare room that they'd like to accommodate Fraser Blake Tracy in, uh, do get in touch with the club. <laughs> and thank you, Terry. Thank you, Rich. I will chat to you again in a few days. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble?
Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.